0: podcasting from Astrolab Studios. This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows that have faded from the collective consciousness and didn't quite make the impact that they intended. This week, the finale of Tech War, episode 18. I want Lambert stopped. First, put your own house in order. That's why I hired you. I believe I know how Lambert located Singh. Give it to me straight. Cardigan asked Nika for Singh's location yesterday, and now he's dead. I think it's more than a coincidence. You can't be serious. Cardigan's been on the scene of every bus that's gone wrong, including the one at Lambert's warehouse. Somebody at Cosmos is working for Lambert, and his name is Jake Cardigan. Hey everybody! Welcome back to Continuum Drag. Uh, I'm glad you can join us for this final episode on Tech War.
1: Yeah, it feels like it's been a long, long, long time that we've uh, a long time coming. Anyway, could have been longer.
0: It could have. It could have been longer. So, uh, what we're gonna do? We'll obviously get into the final episode and uh, sort of talk about how the series wraps up. Before we do, there's a few segments we never got to, a few things we wanted to talk about. So we're gonna we're gonna start with that. Jordan, you want to kick us off?
1: Uh, yeah, I think uh, I can't remember what episode we we uh, talked about it uh, on, but uh, we had discussed some of the later careers of some of the writers directors. I think it was the second or third episode we we talked about it. So I thought we'd do a quick look at what some of the main actors had been, uh, or have been doing, excuse me, since since Tech War went off the air. So I'll go through a couple of them. We'll start with Jake. Jake was played by uh, Greg Evigan. He has done uh, a lot since then. I think his probably most famous thing was he did a pretty long stint on Melrose Place. Oh, really? I did at one point write down what he was. He was a doctor or something. I don't know.
0: Never watched it. I was was seriously watching nerd stuff.
1: No, I didn't watch it either. I just remember the commercials for it. It always seemed like someone was slapping someone. And he... Also did a long stint on General Hospital a few years ago.
0: Oh, that sounds like a pretty good gig for an actor.
1: I know, right? And then actually right now he's on a series called Abbott Falls. Also, he's uh he's gotten older. Who would have thought? 25 years. Who could imagine? Who could imagine? Um, so that was basically, uh, that's uh, old Greg. Houston was played by Maria Del Mar. And uh, she pretty much was on every single Canadian show or movie you've ever seen. She's been on it in the last 20 years. For years and years, which I don't know, uh, she was apparently on Street Legal, the Canadian uh, Oh yeah? show. Hmm. Um, we'll watch
0: the season where they got into UFOs.
1: Is that really? No, it's not really. No. My, my knowledge of uh, street legals is, could not be less, I think. Sid was played by Eugene Clark. Again, very similar career to Maria Del Mar. He worked on a lot of Canadian things like Sue Thomas FBI, which let me make one note about Sue Thomas FBI. For anyone who doesn't know what that show is, it's very lighthearted, uh, investigative, uh, like a uh, detective show uh, where it's a female detective named Sue Thomas. And why it's called FBI is because she's deaf. But I always thought that doesn't make any sense because that only makes sense as a title if she's blind. Shouldn't it be fbe
0: Isn't that a better title? Doesn't she use her eyes to solve the crimes because she's deaf?
1: Yeah, but not any more than I think any other detective. Right? fbe Much funnier. Uh, moving on <laughs> is uh, Beth was played by Tori looking, Higginson.
0: Sorry, I'm looking forward to cutting that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, Beth played by Tori Higginson. And I think I think we mentioned this way back when that she's by far the most popular actor. I Obviously, aside from Shatner, the most popular actor uh, that has been on the show, at least because she was on both Stargate shows.
0: Oh, we we jumped past Sid, didn't we? No, no. I mentioned him. No, yeah, he was on I, Sue Thomas Ear. That's that's where we got caught up in that. But he uh, he was actually in one of George Romero's zombie films. Oh, was he? His fourth one. Uh, something mm, I think something of the dead, Land of the Dead. Ah, uh, he's the lead zombie in that, and like that character is the best character in the movie. Oh, I never saw it's it. It's really uh, it's actually not a great film, but it's pretty good. And he actually is a very cool character in it because he's. A zombie who's starting to like organize the zombies. But yeah, that was Sid. And I'm like, oh, that's very hmm. cool. Those, uh, I like that role. Um, Nika was played by Natalie
1: Radford. We're pretty steady. Her latest credits are Deadly Voltage and Darcy's Wildlife.
0: Huh? Oh, both sound good, but yep. very different.
1: And uh, what do you finally, think Deadly Voltage is about? I'm <laughs> I'm hoping it's about just just electricity that's too much to handle.
0: It's like an electricity man comes to life. Yeah. Yeah, Something like that, nice,
1: and finally, uh, Winger played by Maurice Dean Wint. And I have to say, of all the things I looked at, I was most excited about him because he wasn't in one, but he was in two separate Robocop series. He just he he to played be... a robot like he did here. Is he I don't know if he played it, was a typecast robot. As a robot, I think he's just typecast as someone who will do movies. Also, before he was on Tech War, he was in Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. Remember that. No, it's a it's a TV show where it was the first TV show. Maybe someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was the first TV show with CGI. Oh, not good CGI. Oh, um, and uh, and also it was very it was supposed to be interactive with people watching it. So if you had this particular gun as a kid, you could shoot the screen and like get like sort of like a duck hunt type thing. Oh, yeah. Anyways, it was it was probably oh, I would guess it would have the air in about like 87 or so. I didn't have cable,
0: so I missed all of these things.
1: Sorry. Anyways, that's that's pretty much it. So, as unremarkable a segment it is, uh, it's really just reflecting the unremarkable careers of the cast. <laughs> but they're all they're all working. So you can't like slag them. They all worked. Like pretty much all of them are all still working. I mean, I've never done anything anyone's ever heard of, right? So not even
0: this. Not even that. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So who am I? Nobody. Great. Well, thanks, Jordan. That's some uh, interesting information about all that. All the people we've come to know and love mm-hmm. on the series. Yeah, we didn't really love them, but you know. Okay, so since we're walking away after this episode from Tech War, at least until someone yells at us on the internet and we come back because we're some, no one such one No one will people. ever be upset
1: that we're not talking about Tech War
0: anymore. There were only five episodes we didn't watch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the titles and we'll go back and forth and try to figure out what we think that episode was about sure okay I, i'll go first here zero tolerance i think that is about the accounting department coming after jake for all his expenses it's and funny, just like
1: zero tolerance about it it's funny i i was gonna say the exact same thing it's about jake breaking the
0: rules and complaining about it because that's what he does all right the other episode, next episode we didn't watch forget me not hmm i say beth comes back for sure in that episode
1: I don't think so. I think uh, Carlotta comes back. (laughs) She comes back for her revenge.
0: Her ghost comes back.
1: Yeah, her ghost comes back. You get to finally see that brain in a jar. And uh, Jake feels bad because he's clearly already moved on.
0: Yeah, well, it starts off with him on another date with Houston. Yeah, and she's like, not again. The next episode we didn't watch, The Gate. Hmm.
1: It's about Jake finally getting the fence that he's always wanted to put up at his home and he's and he gets a, a gate but the gate ends up being hooked up by someone who works for tech lord and uh it uh, electrocutes and kills jake and then he ends up going into an electric heaven and uh he has to fight his way out um by uh, as deadly voltage as deadly voltage yeah
0: that's what the that movie's called right yeah deadly voltage nice what do you think no, i'm good with that that sounds great yeah, that did sound great, didn't it? I I mean, I'm not going to come. There's no holes there. I'm not going to come back on that. All right, next up. Skin Deep. Um it's based
1: on one of Jake's pickup lines that he uses all the time. <laughs> and it's about uh, him hitting him hitting the dating scene and finding that he's uh he may be getting a little too old for the go around.
0: I will agree, but I think Jake, uh, to get over it, he goes to some of those tissue tuggers and. Uh, oh yeah, tissue tuggers. Get, gets that's his good. tissues tugged until he is uh, more attractive. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's what happens in that. Yeah, episode. he looks
1: like one of those. Uh, remember that bad Star Trek movie where the whole race is the whole race, for some reason, we're always just pulling their face. Oh yeah. And F. Murray I- Abraham <laughs> pulling. F., poor F. Marie Abraham. <laughs> yeah, trying to act through that. Uh, and the final episode we didn't watch,
0: Redemption.
1: Hmm. Oh, you know what would be great? Uh, Sid comes back and finally gets to fight with that weird portal where he threw the fan into it and it fell and hurt his ankle. He finally gets to go and defeat it and get the revenge that he couldn't in his life. And then he becomes a ghost again. He's
0: also, oh, no, I see. He comes back. He's the zombie yeah. from Land of the Dead. He yeah. comes back and fights the thing. Yeah. Gets his redemption. And then he also becomes a ghost or brain in the jar like Carlotta. Yeah. In yeah, well, no, he's God.
1: he's more like uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. He sort of is a spirit that
0: guides... Oh, Force Ghost. Yeah, <laughs> Force Ghost, yeah. Is that what they call them? Force yeah, Ghost? I think so. I think that's what they're called, Force Ghost. Yeah, he becomes a Force Ghost. Write in and tell us. <laughs> hey, yeah, no, don't do that. Uh, those are the five episodes we missed. Um, we'll never know if we
1: we're right or wrong. You know what? The thing is, we'll never know, because every time I watch these episodes, I kind of would guess where things were going to go, and they would never go where I thought, because... They're just whatever you think makes sense. They're not going to do that, but They're not but never in an interesting way. They're
0: never the most obvious answers. No, but they're also never answers. Yeah. It's like they're
1: going to start in one place and have a bunch of things happen that don't mean anything. And then they will go back to the place they started and they'll have a fight. And then Jake will make some sort of witty line. And then the credits will roll that. That's basically. I mean, essentially.
0: Work. All right, Jordan. I wanted to look at kind of like the highlights and the lowlights of the series so far. Um, specifically, I'm going to start off by, uh, calling out our two highest rated episodes. Do you know what, do you remember what our two highest rated episodes were? Um, I'm going to guess,
1: I'm going to guess our two highest rated episodes were, I think the first one, I bet, Tech Posse.
0: You're mostly correct. Uh, Tech Posse is my highest rated episode from the entire series. Oh, I thought it was
1: our average, or is each one... No,
0: no, each individually.
1: Oh, I already know what mine is. Mine was Carlotta's. And I was Tech War. And I, and I, uh, uh tech posse tech posse i feel more remorse about my score on that than than most things in my life yeah uh, well, we talked about it afterwards and i you know
0: there's nothing there was no other episode you gave 7.5 to. i know
1: i don't know what i just it something about it touched me and i know it's not good and i shouldn't have given it a high score and i regret it but i can't go back now you know i can't
0: um yeah uh a tech posse makes sense to me i'm like yeah that probably was the best episode uh, Carlotta's room. I know. I I gave it, you, you get it one too. of my lowest ratings. So yeah. I'm still in shock that you loved it so much. Yeah. On the low end, it's a tie for you. Both of us have a tie for lowest scores. Oh yeah. Because we we gave a lot of episodes the lowest scores. Your low score was five. That's the right. lowest you gave an episode of Tech War. Right. Was How many nice. episodes do you think you gave a five to? Probably three. You gave a five to five episodes. Of <laughs> Did <Tech> I really? <laughs> To be
1: fair, that's about what this show is. It's about a 5 out of 10. I stand by all those.
0: My lowest score was a 2, which I split amongst three different episodes. Yeah, I know Carlotta's room. Obviously. Cyber Hunt and Promises to Keep. So which one's Cyber Hunt? It was the last one we watched. Oh, we yeah. That was bad. Yeah. And I gave it a 5? Five? 5. Yeah. 5 is the lowest you'll go for anything. It's interesting. Yeah. I was wondering if I was rating too harshly, but I think you're rating a lot I mean too more forgiving. lenient. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if as we go forward to these next episodes I might rethink my rate my, my rating strategy because I'm just like
1: I do have a spoiled cat so you know I might just be too lenient with everything. Well, she wants a treat she gets a treat.
0: I'll be I, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna revisit my own personal rating system as we go forward and kind of feel feel out what, what's gonna happen. you know what going I think forward. for me
1: was I think I was always scared to go too high or too low because what things would be later on. Do you know what I mean like if the5 is a five, then another show and maybe I maybe
0: I yeah you got to save those high ratings for those carlottas rooms when they come along
1: <laughs> yeah I know it doesn't really it doesn't really add up but yeah I said I regretted it
0: I'll never forgive you
1: I'd at least give it a six now <laughs>
0: <laughs> well we're not going back so we're not going back it stays what it is once you're in the escape pod once those ratings are put in stone that's where they stay yeah so here are some other I was just kind of like trying to think of what some of my personal highlights from the show were Mm because it wasn't a great show no it was not but i was i was thinking back and i can say that the things i looked forward to most in this show and it obviously changed as the season moved on but at first it was sid and then after sid died and winger started becoming more of a character i was very excited to see winger on screen
1: but they didn't develop him at all past that one episode
0: i will admit i wonder if them being a highlight for me is because they never got developed so i didn't have to worry about the ming rune they kind of were all potential and no disaster yeah i don't know i don't know if there's that many highs on this show yeah i mean and i guess my low like the one low light i'm trying to think of what was the biggest letdown of this show i came into this thinking i would get a lot more shatner and there was just no shatner in it there's a surprising lack of him except you
1: know spoiler for uh episode 18 he's all over episode 18 yeah now, i but, don't know if he was in any of those others but yeah he was gone after what episode two or three like he just was gone i
0: i would bet that he was in the episode 17 as well that they brought him in for like a block of two like they did at the right. start of the series kind of two episodes at the top two episodes at the end that was like kind of what was agreed to and he directed the first episode he directed the last episode but I I really expected to get a lot more shat out of this. Did show. he direct the last episode?
1: He did. Oh, because I was gonna say it's again. We're gonna talk about it when we get to it. But it was the worst directed episode of any of the tech war we've seen so far. It was it was I would gonna say almost unwatchable. I think it might have been, and I know we've already taken the escape on My least favorite episode. I hated it so much. I hated 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 the episode.
0: Well, I'll, I'll save my opinions for later. But I'm gonna <laughs> say the best scene of the entire series in this episode. Is it? I have to think what that is. This is something you wanted to talk about. Best tech lord. Oh, yeah. Who? So I know. Who,
1: weirdly, I think the tech lord I liked the most was Marty Dollar. I don't even know if he was actually a tech lord.
0: No, he was a tech lord.
1: I liked Marty Dollar. I thought there was actually kind of something interesting there. But like it was over. That was episode one because they were all just sort of interchangeable. You've never learned anything interesting about these people. You could change their name. It didn't really matter. I thought Rossi could have been interesting. For a character they had in two episodes they didn't you didn't learn anything about him you didn't learn what his motivations were other than i guess he likes money and prostitutes but yeah i would say marty dollar
0: what about yourself oh, i would be uh janice which one's janice he was um from tech posse he's the the holographic wizard who pops up oh and, that was uh, pretty
1: good he was he was my, he was the most enjoyable to me I still think I like Marty Dollar. He looked like a 1990s wrestler.
0: Marty Dollar had the most screen time of all the tech lords, and yeah. uh, he seemed to chew the scenery the most. I, I would definitely put him at number two. All right. If I had to choose. Did you have any Do you have any other thoughts on highlights or lowlights? Uh, my highlight would be uh,
1: that one robot whose face charges spaghetti.
0: Oh, that was, that was great.
1: That was good. Um, I like when that guy uh, died, that one tech lord died and stuck his tongue out. That was funny. Uh, I think I might just be picking funny moments. Again, I think there could have been a great moment after Jake was holding... (laughs) We won't keep going on about Carla's room, but when he was holding her hand, that could have been an amazing end to an episode and would have maybe garnered a seven and a half or so. Honestly, there weren't that many great moments. It kind of just was... There was an unintentionally funny moment here and there or a cool idea that just wasn't developed. There was almost no world building at all in this show. Um, Nothing... Quite made sense or seemed to be consistent from episode to episode. Um, and low life's I I just I hated the character Jake so much. I hated he was the star of the show, and I feel bad for the actor. I'm sure he did whatever he could. I just I was like I'm so uninterested in this paint by the numbers two dimensional character who is not even an interesting
0: vehicle into this world. He's, I hate him. Fair enough. Not a runaway success as far as I lead character goes. I think he got a haircut in the last episode. Did you notice that? I was going to bring that up. I also mm. think he got a haircut. I yeah. think they gave him a little bit of a makeover in this last episode. I actually think the actor himself did better work than a lot of people would have Th- with the character. That's what I mean. I don't think he's bad at all. I just think the character is terrible. Absolutely agree. He didn't have a lot to work with. But I actually thought he found some humanity for Jake. You? I mean, it was tough, I think, to do. But I didn't find him... As obnoxious as I feel like he probably read on the page. Mm, Yeah, I still found it pretty obnoxious, you know. All right. There we are. (laughs) All right. Um, Speaking of highlights and lowlights, let's quickly talk about the podcast itself for a second. Okay. We're at the kind of end of our first cycle of episodes. We're Mm -hmm. finishing up Tech War. The end of the last episode, you were very disappointed that we were getting in that pot, in that escape pod.
1: I know. And we talked, and we, after, off the air, like a counseling session, we, we talked about it a little bit more, too. You know what it was? And this is going to sound like I'm being a little bit flippant, but it was, watching Tech War was like being in an abusive relationship, and I kept making excuses for it. I'm like, yeah, I know Tech War hits me every now and then, but you don't understand it like I do, you know? And, uh, and, and somewhere in the long line, I started, like, for better or worse, started wanting to watch tech war even though i wasn't enjoying it i just it became my routine of watching these episodes and then talking about them and so then it was like oh it's over even though it's a good thing it's over and i don't want to watch this show anymore like even watching episode 18 i was like oh, i gotta do this again but there was a weird sense of uh finality that i think i, I hadn't, hadn't hadn't emotionally pre- prepared myself for <laughs> but i'm fine with it i'm quite happy we're done with tech war i really don't want to watch anymore.
0: All right, do you want to get into the finale?
1: I can't wait to get into the last episode.
0: Tech War, episode 18, Betrayal. Jake is trying to monitor an illegal weapon shipment, but someone has tipped off the Tech Lord. A spy is suspected in the Cosmos agency. After investigating, Boscombe and others believe Jake is the leak. Someone is out to get Jake.
1: Yeah, this episode's terrible. It's really, really bad, and it, like, what a way to end a series! Like, I mean, maybe they didn't know they were going to end the series. But this episode is a real stinger.
0: I will say though, it is a real family affair. William Shatner directing. Oh yeah, that's right. Elizabeth Shatner writing. Mm-hmm. And Melanie Shatner starring. Oh, what? Who is that? Oh, you did. You didn't catch no, Melanie I didn't. Shatner. No, I always. I always skip through the Two credits. Two daughters, one writing, one starring. Who was she? William directing. I'm, I'm trying to remember now. I'll tell you when we get to her. Okay. And you, can, uh, you, can, you can be surprised. Oh, is that why this episode is so bad? It,
1: it's all I'm going to say. We'll go through it. This episode feels like, one, they didn't get all the scenes they needed. And two, the people working on it may have been blind. Like, nothing works. Everything's, the camera's in the wrong spot. And people are giving dialogue, and it doesn't seem like they
0: know where the camera is. It's just, it's so bad. All right. Let me, let, let me start us off. Jake and Houston are on a stakeout. They've received a tip, presumably an anonymous tip, since that's how they work. Yeah. And they're there to stop arms dealer Lambert from, uh, I guess, selling arms at this warehouse. And
1: Houston's in a bad mood. She's making fun of how bad Jake's jokes are. Yeah, they're. they're but maybe, uh, to be fair, she's probably been stuck in a car with him for 12 hours. It looks
0: very cold outside where they are. Like, even the actors look very cold. But isn't it weird, though? They're on a stakeout, right? Why don't they just be in a car? Yeah, I don't know. They just, they're just like, standing outside by the car. They follow a guy into a warehouse, and this is to be the best location they've ever found for this show. Oh
1: yeah, I have to say this—this this was the one saving grace in this show. Is—is is, I know you said this—the big dinosaurs.
0: It is a warehouse full of like giant cartoon animals and animatronic dinosaurs, and they're yeah. all just huge statues everywhere.
1: And they don't fit with the show at all.
0: No, it it. it like is, it looks
1: It looks like they raided a children's TV show and go, oh, yeah, we'll use these as props.
0: Well, it, it does look like locations found a warehouse where someone was storing floats or something. Uh, I don't understand how they came across this place. Jake and Houston try to break up the arms deal or whatever's going on. But it turns out Lambert's a hologram and he's expecting them. And so they get in a shootout with the henchman who's there, which is crazy because they start blowing up. Like there's an animatronic dinosaur that's like turning mm-hmm. its head that looks very expensive. And they like are blowing it up with pyrotechnics they're like blowing up all these very expensive looking props
1: also jake uses his wave gun and you know like it like blows something up i'm like he's never done that with a wave gun before it just knocked people over
0: yeah it's 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 kind of amazing it's kind of the best fight sequence they've ever had just because it's the weirdest location and like they really are using a lot of pyrotechnics in it they're like destroying yeah all this stuff. I mean, maybe, I don't know what it, where they found this place or what was going out of business. They were like a Chuck E. Cheese went right out of business. <laughs> yeah. And they were just allowed to blow up all of their props. Don't, don't, don't you yet. think it was a kind of a disappointing
1: scene, though? Like, it seemed like something out of the Silver Age of comics, of these larger-than-life props that they're fighting on, you know, like... Batman's fighting Joker on a gigantic typewriter set, and they keep hitting keys as they fight, that sort of thing. And that's what I thought this scene was going to be like with these animatronic things, but it wasn't. They just kept cutting them to incredibly weird camera angles that were disorienting.
0: They only had two hours to shoot that. They didn't have time to like <laughs> yeah. think anything through. Right. At any rate, well, during this shootout, Jake suddenly has this vision or this like waking nightmare where this man appears to him, and he like... This is, I guess, the setup for the episode is Mm -hmm. Jake is suffering from these, like, hallucinations, these waking hallucinations. Which look just like a hologram. Yeah, well, that's it. In a world full of holograms, it's tough to know when we're Mm -hmm. supposed to understand Jake is suffering a mental break. But, yes, a man, like, shifts into gear. Lambert's escaped. And we come back to Cosmo and we learn kind of what's going on. And that is... Bascom has a personal vendetta against Lambert. And so they're on this case to get this like weapons dealer. And yeah, he's,
1: he's hounding this particular tech Lord because he has a personal vendetta against. Yeah.
0: Him. And I'm just going to get into it now. Like what the deal between Bascom and Lambert is. It's played out over the episode, but it doesn't really matter. I, I think my favorite part though, is later in the episode, Houston uh, asks straight. out, like, what's with you and Lambert? And Bascom's like, that's my business. So she says, I thought it was Cosmo business. And Bascom says, there's no difference. It's the first time we've explicitly said this is just a place for Bascom to run down his personal vendettas against yeah. people. There's no... He can have all these higher ideas. Yeah. Bascom is really just like some like rich man just running this security well, company. And that's
1: the thing, though. But like, haven't they realized that at this point? Because, I mean, we, look, we can get into this. He, so he brings in this bureaucratic guy um, who, by the way, should be planned by Lance Reddick. But anyways, he brings in this guy who's basically... For all intents and purposes, he's an efficiency manager who's there to try to catch leaks. He's all he's all going about how things need approval and you need to get you know through the things in the proper order, like an, a way an office is supposed to work. I love that the thread through this entire series is how much they hate bureaucracy and doing things the proper way. And it's like, but that's how the world works. When the light says green, you go, and when it's red, you
0: stop. If you start screwing around, that's how things go wrong. It turns out Lambert. It goes back to the the old Brazil war. Yeah, right. He was a protege of Bascom's until this is was confusing to me a little bit, but Lambert killed one hundred prisoners, stole their weapons, which I'm like, why kill them? They're already prisoners and you already have their you don't need to kill them to take their weapons. He's evil. And then he just becomes a gun runner to tech lords. But I like that he's like he's like, he's my protege and he
1: like he really (laughs) slipped up. Like could you imagine just like you're training someone? You're an accountant, you're training someone, you're like, you're like, oh, my last assistant, Oh, they weren't very good. Like, oh, what happened? Oh, they killed a 100 people and stole a bunch of uh, nuclear missiles. They really screwed up.
0: Yeah, it does. You know, see, it's like, it, whoa, that is like, how did they even get that opportunity? He broke bad pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At any rate, Bascom apparently got blamed by the military and he had to go find evidence to prove his innocence. Which brings up an interesting point. Is from this story? It's apparent that Lambert was arrested and put in the freezer at some point. Uh, they they was he was he in the freezer they already? They explicitly say it, and this will come up later. But they explicitly say it because he's going to the same psychiatrist for freezer oh, burn yeah. that Jake is going to. Okay, so he killed a hundred people, started running guns, but you caught him. And granted, the Brazil War was what thirty years ago? No,
1: it's it can't be that 15. long ago because. The what's her face from the was in the Brazil world, right oh
0: right right so like fifteen years ago I bet even less like how long was his sentence
1: what was uh what was the girl's name who uh when Jake pulled her out of the freezer the Russian in the Russian episode oh I, she was in for like a hundred years wasn't she yeah she she,
0: she got a hundred years for killing eight people
1: I just was like okay hold on let me stop you are you saying that war has inconsistencies from episode to episode and that no one has thought out anything.
0: I know that hasn't been your experience. So it's far. it's not been my experience with tech or they've been pretty ship shape. At any rate, that is kind of the backstory between Boscombe and Lambert and why Boscom wants to get them. Um, you brought this up already, but Cosmo is currently on lockdown because there's a mole in the organization, information is leaking out, and they brought in you call them an efficiency expert, but they introduced him, they've hired a security company, and I'm like, Cosmo's yes, is did, a security I company. Know. But, uh, he, yeah, it is they, funny because they've
1: hired a security person to take care of a security company.
0: But I guess it makes sense. They're trying to, like, shut down leaks, trying to figure out what's going on. And, like, you're right. Stop this stuff. Jake actually says, he you know, like, how much he hates red tape. And this guy is basically making Jake fill out requisition forms. And Jake hates it. This is a small thing. But uh, when Jake goes to complain about this efficiency expert, his name is Sl- Slater. Mm-hmm. He walks in on Shatner, and Shatner's drinking water out of two giant yeah, It looked like
1: he was drinking out of, like, like, they just pulled flowers out of a vase. It was hilarious. He had like, yeah,
0: two huge glass goblets. It has nothing to do with anything, but I was just like, that is some yeah. great prop work. Oh, right no, there. but
1: uh, the thing with, um, uh, what was the guy's name? Slater. Slater. They sort of complain about him coming and having to create all these efficiencies and stuff, but with the, with the exception of Nika saying, I need to get approval before I'll do a search for you, which is a little bit odd, but you never actually ever see any... You never see any of these efficiencies in place. do not that that makes terribly interesting TV, but it's always funny to hear com- characters talk about something other than show it. They're talking about how difficult things are and how things have changed, but you don't see anything different. Jake still never actually goes
0: to his desk or does any work, so what's I don't know what he's complaining about. Nothing's changed for him. No, it really doesn't change for him at all because yeah. he hates red tape. Yeah. We jump from this scene to Jake at the gym with...
1: Yeah, that little loser, Danny.
0: Danny's back. And there's not much going on here. Basically, Jake tells Danny about the nightmares he's having and he's seeing this prison therapist who's helping him with his freezer burn problems, but he doesn't want people to know. There is one interesting piece of like relationship info between Jake and Danny. What is it? I I don't know if you noticed this, but Jake's pretty haggard in this episode. Like He's not sleeping Mm -hmm. well. He has these nightmares. They're on these treadmills and Jake gets really upset when he kind of sees Danny's keeping up with him. So Jake turns up the speed on his and he gets very, very competitive with Danny. Like he turns up the speed on his treadmill, starts running, and then he beats Danny. Like he jumps uh, he jumps off. He's like, I beat you. And that's just like when they played that video game and they went head to head. Jake didn't like take it easy or like have fun with his son he hunted his son down and like beat him as quickly as possible jake has this real fear of his son being better than him i think
1: Hmm. i think you've given that much more thought than the writers ever did but you're i don't think you're wrong but i think it's maybe um an accident <laughs> in terms of the character
0: he was it, he was it was so weird i'm just like why are you so com- like you're gonna turn your treadmill up to maximum speed like a 13 year old just to prove that you're a jerk. better than your
1: son i think we've learned he's a jerk oh can I say one funny thing? I don't know if you noticed it in this scene, but they're in a in a very weird looking gym. Like clearly there's not much props and stuff. But in the background, there's a a window of some sorts where you can see silhouettes and there's like there's a guy lifting dumbbells in the background. And it's the funniest, like terrible miming ever. Just of someone who's never lifted anything before in the background. And it was it's just for a split second, you can see it in the background. And it's like, I don't even know why that was needed to go like, oh, there's other
0: people working in other Gym private rooms? Yeah, in the other private rooms. That's yeah. actually pretty funny. That's yeah. some... Uh, Go back and check it out. Good set design. This is where we jump forward to meeting Dr. Blake, who is Jake's psychologist, and also Melanie Shatner.
1: Oh, that's Melanie Shatner. Yes. Oh, that makes sense. These were, these were some real uh, soprano scenes here with uh, going to the psychiatrist. Huh?
0: She lists off the problems he has. He suffers from freezer burn, tech trauma, and memory transfer. Oh, is that what it was? Really? I know about the freezer burn. And the tech trauma makes sense because he used to be a tech addict. Yeah. Did we miss his memory getting transferred at some point? Yeah, probably. I mean, I think there's as good a chance
1: that we missed an episode that has that. Or it's just something the writer it just threw in that it sounded just didn't good. Happen.
0: I mean, that's kind of the funny part about this is later we'll find out in this episode, his memories are being stolen and tampered with. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, is he just referring... To the thing that's currently happening to him in this episode.
1: Oh, that, that is funny. She's she's given him a little little hint she's that like, what she's doing. Wink
0: wink. Yeah, essentially we'll find out she's working for Lambert and is turn has turned Jake into a mole.
1: Well he gets to say to her at
0: one point, he goes,
1: You're beautiful and
0: persuasive.
1: What a combo. And I, and I what I wrote was, I'm so glad to not have to hear him and his cheesy pickup lines anymore. So at this point he uh, she does his therapy with him and I goes to I'm I'm guessing this is your favorite part of the episode where he goes into the dream and he does his little run in the dream. It was my favorite part of the episode.
0: Well, I love it. He gets in like a dentist chair with like this like light halo above it. Yeah,
1: it just looks like he, like a hair dryer from the 1960s. And
0: she's got a like another one of these just like handhelds controllers they never show you. And did you see how she turned on the machine?
1: No, I know it looked like he was holding Hulk hands.
0: She took the I guess computer in her hand And she just, like, tapped it against the side of a metal bar. Oh, really? And they're like, oh, I guess that's how it turns it on. But, yeah, they go into his mind, which is, like, TV static. And he runs runs on the spot. He runs on the spot through, like, a crowd of people who you can't quite make out It looks, It
1: looks, again, and this show has been guilty of this a few times, that they do something that looks like they're taking a satirical poke at other TV shows, but they're not. It looks so cheesy and so dumb. You think, there's no way... Everyone involved didn't think this was funny, but there we are, Jake running on the spot and in static land.
0: Well, they only do this once when they go back to this nightmare world later, and it's only for a brief second, but they actually, he did some wire work too, where they hung him from wires. Do oh really? You remember this? No. It's, there's like, they only use it one time and it never goes anywhere because he immediately is now running on the spot again, but they cut to this, him clearly dangling from wires in the static space and it looks very awkward and comfortable for him so i'm sure that's why they only use it the one time but i'm like this is someone had big ideas for what this inner space was going to look like but they just couldn't quite execute
1: yeah well they couldn't not quite execute they couldn't execute it at all
0: it was shatner you know the only thing he's good at executing his wife oh <laughs> right i'm so sad i looked into that some more now now i'm not now i don't think it's as funny it's not as funny well he was cl- you know what let's be fair he was investigated and cleared. So, I read up a little bit. It sounds like she, it sounds like it had more to do. I think the people who are blaming him for her death. It sounds like she had some substance abuse issues that Shatner didn't take seriously enough. Oh, I see. And then she died from her substance abuse issues. So, he's not maybe guilty of holding her head under the water so much as as he's being found guilty of perhaps not being the husband he should have been. Right. Which is a much sadder <laughs> state. That of is affairs.
1: sad. Yeah. So what you're saying is we should stop joking about
0: it. Well, it's fine. This show's over. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like that marriage. Anyway, in this nightmare town, he sees this vision again, which I guess is supposed to be his worst fear. That's what she's saying he's trying to find. We'll find this out later. It doesn't matter. They hide it from us for so long and then it doesn't end up meaning anything. Well, well, let me ask you. The theory behind this is she tells him that
1: he's having freezer burn issues and nightmares and stuff because he hasn't come to term with his biggest fear, right? But- how does that work? So, and, and this is the spoiler. What they're doing is they want to then implant a fake fear that he has that, so that he'll do something. That
0: wrong. happens later. They don't have that plan going I know, yet. But but what... I don't know if I understand how that works at all for them. He doesn't... I guess because they are using this chair, they can look at his memories so they can, like, steal secrets. But, like, his greatest fear, and they won't reveal this for a while, but the, the man who keeps appearing in his visions in The Waking World... Is Jake's father right which is a weird I mean maybe they introduced him in the movies but like it's the weird way to introduce his father in these weird flashes he's never come up before and yeah I, I don't know the plan doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense I mean that's because like how many secrets could they be getting like Jake doesn't even do any work they, they seem to just they're get, like they're like
1: we've pulled another secret it seems like uh, he asked Nika to do a Google search for him that's it
0: yeah I I. maybe that's maybe just get his email password yeah <laughs> right right um, when he's not broadcasting it on the matrix. Yeah, he's, that's right. No, a nice callback. Anyway, that's kind of, it kind of ends there. We get this brief glimpse that they're going to go meet some guy. I don't know why. I don't know who this guy is. Maybe they, he tipped them off, but he's already been killed. So this, the inference is that someone leaked this informant they have right. He's already been killed, which is when we get to the best scene of the episode.
1: Is this the, when the two of them have their—
0: Bascom and Slater are discussing It's so how weird. How it's, so, it's the best thing Shatner could have done. I loved it so much. <laughs> Do you understand what the intention was of this scene? The scene itself is just Bascom and Slater having a conversation. Basically, Slater's found evidence that a Cosmo car was by a vid phone that called into Lambert to tell him to assassinate this guy. So it's, he's just explaining the evidence and the likelihood that it's probably Jake who did it. That's what Slater is explaining to Bascom. Yeah. The way Shatner has chosen to direct it, though, is the two men lock eyes and just talk at each other. Evidence is, like, in the background behind them on a screen. They'll never look at it. They'll, they'll reference it. They'll be like, mm-hmm. look, there's a license plate. It was by a vid phone. And you'll see it in the background. But the two of them never look at the evidence. They just stare in each other's eyes. They just keep talking. It's the same conversation, but it'll go from one scene— that will be in a new location. Well, was, still locking icons. That contact. was my point.
1: Now, are they trying to imply that this conversation took so long? They were they were having it in different rooms, or is it?
0: I don't know. I it don't just, know what it was I, supposed to be. It's his artistic license. It was really weird, but it was my fa- it was probably the favorite thing anyone's done on this show. It was the only time anyone ever tried to do something really crazy. But it's, but it's insane. It's an insane like it's
1: it's so distracting as a directing choice and shot selection that. You was I almost felt like nauseated watching it.
0: Oh, it was it was my favorite part. It was like it was the only time a director's vision was seen in this show. Oh, you know what? Can I say one thing? Just
1: after this scene, there's a there's a point where something something happens, and I, I actually know what it exactly it happens at 17 minutes and 17 seconds.
0: Are you gonna talk about the argument they have?
1: Yes. Yeah. So, and do you, do you notice that weird one weird shot during d- the argument?
0: I did. Jake is arguing with Slater immediately after that scene about being singled out for like having to like do his work properly and slater tells him i don't like cops who break the rules and so jake who can't win another human being over to save his life basically grabs his his handheld computer and just smashes it out of the ground throwing a tantrum at which point they yeah (laughs) they decide to cut to a a couple
1: who sort of have a reaction like like something from like the benny hill show or something like it was like Suddenly, they cut to a Mentos commercial of these two people being like, oh, and it just it I've never seen anything like it. I'm telling you, this was the weirdest episode I've ever seen, but for no good reasons. Just that,
0: insane choices made. That cutaway was amazing. Yeah. Jake smashes the computer and then over the top of a, comu- a cubicle. Two people just pop their heads out and like eyes wide, like "What was that?" Like like a comedic reaction. It's very weird. Oh, that was an amazing cutaway. Yeah, I I also made notes of that because those two randos made me laugh so hard.
1: Yeah, I know. Don't I'll put it on Instagram.
0: Um, from here basically Jake is really upset so he doesn't want to follow rules and he talks Houston into basically going back to the bar where the guy was assassinated. Ultimately, the scene has almost no purpose, but there's some a um, couple like things that I really enjoyed in the scene that I thought were pretty funny because mm-hmm. he goes back there's just this guy in a leisure suit at the bar like this like kind of like low- level punk guy. Jake, basically talks his way into the bar by promising the guy some credits but then immediately gets like really rough with the guy is this
1: the guy with the bad toupee yeah
0: yeah, yeah
1: and, it, and it doesn't play into anything i kept thinking like they're gonna hit him and his toupee is gonna fall off but it's just a bad toupee
0: he's just it's just a weird outfit they haven't like the whole leisure suit is very odd an odd look for him but Jake starts roughing him up and the guy offers him stolen tobacco from old cuba i know so now we know there's an old Cuba and a new Cuba I know. in the World Tech War. It's funny when they mentioned that I,
1: I, I was watching. It, I thought, oh man, Luke Luke's gonna love that.
0: Oh, i was so happy to find out
1: more about this world. So what do you think? What do you think happened? They split Cuba. I think Florida's just now New Cuba. Oh, oh that's a good. That's a good. That's a good possibility. That's what. I, that's what I thought was happening. <laughs> yeah. See, my my I, what I thought is they split it. So I don't know the west parts, old Cuba, like
0: Ireland. Yeah. Exactly like Ireland. Protestant Cuba and Catholic Cuba. Yeah. yeah that's that's uh, split. Jake keeps roughing him up and like starts demanding information about Lambert from him. At which point, did you catch what this guy said? No, no. Jake he's, Jake's like, tell me about Lambert. And the guy's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. And he just tries to leave. <laughs> did he really? I don't yeah. even remember that. <laughs> it was great. Jake's like roughing him up and he's like, tell us about Lambert. And the guy's so nervous. Which I loved so much. At any rate, at this point, Jake loses his mind and starts just like beating the crap out of him. Yeah. Um, and the guy says, "I know who you are. You're the mole, Jake. Everybody knows this. That that's the word on the street." And Jake's like incensed by this, and Houston has to pull him off. It's a real it's a real ugly scene because basically, since being the episode, Jake has been looking very haggard, and he keeps getting more and more even for Jake, like unhinged. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like where they're going with this. Yeah, they're, they're trying to make it make the
1: audience think that maybe he is crazy and that's why he's been leaking things. Although if you've been watching 18 episodes, no audience member is going to think he's actually guilty intentionally anyways.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what happens at this point. He goes back to see a psychiatrist. Before we get there, we see her talking to Lambert and she says how the old plan of taking information is over because he's like they, he has no new information. They're going to lock him out of it. So Lambert says, let's plant some ideas in his head. And then Jake walks in, and she gives him this like ceramic finger holder.
1: That's the thing I thought looked like a Hulk hand or something. Yeah, it was like, like, very weird. He
0: puts his fingers in this blue ceramic thing, and then when he holds up to his head, a light like comes on, and it gets real, it gets real calm and relaxed. I'm I like, think it's like a migraine like, preventer or something. I, I'm like, well, just give him that. He looks happy. <laughs> yeah. Jake, now that he's calmed down, he goes to the diner, and he calls Slater in to meet with him. Because He's going to try to talk Slater, this security expert, into mm. like, you know, trusting him. I mean, Jake has no ability to talk to anyone, so it does not go well. Uh, the scene, though, does have some of the best background acting work in the entire show. Oh, is that right? Jake comes in, tries to raise with him. Slater tells him, Think of me as Bascom's family doctor. I cleaned the cancer out of his organization. And Jake, like, flips his lid at that yeah. point. And they start getting in this huge fist fight. And there's one guy who's just like, is standing. It can't be more than a foot away from them just like huge eyes mouth wide open like acting like the most surprised he's ever been in his life like as these two fight Jake beats Slater and then he walks away we cut and Slater's leaving the diner as he walks away we cut to uh, a close up of a pulse gun getting shot and Slater flies to the air oh yeah yeah and he lands on the ground and then uh, this chubby guy eating a cookie walks up to walks up to walks up to Slater and gives the laziest line we've ever heard. He, like, takes it of his cookie and he goes, he's dead. I know. I know.
1: It's I tell you, this is the most odd episode ever. It's as if... The weird thing is, it's clearly, as you're saying, like, Shatner directed it and his daughter wrote it stuff. But it's as if everyone involved
0: had never made another episode of Tech War before. It's so weird. Everything's weird about it. There are definitely a lot of choices made around background people that are insane in this in this episode. Like, the like people jumping up. Yeah. The actors in the diner as the fight's happening. This... Guy eating a cookie who t- says this guy is dead. Although it's, I, it's, it's all evidence of a crazy person making something and everyone just going, oh, okay, just do what he says. Did you notice, because uh, they kind of do that close-up of the gun when it gets shot. Yeah. And the implication is someone's setting up Jake. Mm-hmm. We never see who that might have been. And we know by this point that Jake's having stuff put in his mind. I think Jake actually killed him. No, no. he. Well, he Jake
1: says he didn't because he said... The guy was killed with a, a pla- pulse gun or plasma gun, and I threw mine into the lake, so I can't prove I didn't do it.
0: I actually think he killed him and then threw his own pulse gun or plasma gun into the river, and then maybe he can't remember exactly what happened because what they're doing to his mind. But like, they never come back to that. No. I actually do think like they set it up as a there would be a reveal later of who really killed him. I think Jake really killed him, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, they never come back to it, so yeah. my my theory is as reasonable as anything. Yeah, fair enough. So at this point, this guy's dead. Jake's on the run. Bascom calls in Winger to, like, take over the case. He basically needs to get uh, Jake arrested because he killed this Slater guy. Houston and Nika are furious that Bascom would ever blame Jake, which is silly because he did it. Winger shows up at this point, and Houston starts, like, yelling at him for, like, even thinking Jake could do this. Did you catch this Winger line? It was really good because Winger turns to Houston and says... I have neither the time nor desire to train you in the fundamentals of logic. Oh, that's right. I was like, oh, he's a Vulcan
1: now. That's what he is. The, it's the funny thing about um, Winger is that he was super underutilized through this whole series, and it, and he, they really did just write him like he was a Vulcan, like an annoying Vulcan he didn't want to have around. But he's a robot. But that line did uh, was well, pretty funny. Well, he's right.
0: Uh, Houston should take a class on logic. Will help her be a better detective. Well, she's a bad detective. Yeah. It is true. And Nika also yells at Boscombe, saying she can't believe he's more worried about his company at a time like this. I'm like, of course he's worried about his company. Jake yeah. has been leaking information out of it and he's a rogue agent. They all should
1: be worried about their company they if should they be want very, jobs. very,
0: very worried about the company. Jake goes back to see Dr. Blake. She tells him the word on the street from all her other ex-freezer yeah. people is that Bascom is framing Jake for something. I guess because Jake is losing his mind, he she doesn't question that. But it's weird. Jake needs to tell Danny that he's innocent. That's the thing he needs to do. So he goes and hooks up with his old hacker friends, Cowgirl, and her her sketchy partners back now. Oh yeah, is this the original guy again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. They don't want to help him because the Matrix police have wired the Matrix for sound. <laughs> yeah, of course. What, of course, what, they have. What does that mean? Yeah, of course they have. They've don't wi- question it. They've wired the Matrix for sound, but. He offers them a bribe and they just say, OK, yeah. uh, Jake is even losing his mind. He still does what he does best. <laughs> yeah, bribes. They hollow They hollow in Danny. I guess it's like FaceTime in this world. You <laughs> just hollow in somebody. Yeah. And he's just telling him he's innocent, at which point Winger just walks in and he's like, how did you know I was here? We knew you'd come here. Like, I'm like, yeah, Jake, you're so obvious. Like, it, yeah. They didn't even need to wire the Matrix for sound. They knew you would just show up here. And,
1: and Winger uh, could not possibly
0: move slower. To try to stop him. Well, that's it. It's like he's old and rusty or something. Jake has another vision at this point, like or waking nightmare where his dad like flickers in and Jake jumps back because he's so afraid. This is what happens. He knocks over a cup of coffee. It's probably a
1: cup of soy.
0: A cup of soy latte. Yeah. It falls on a computer. The computer explodes.
1: Yeah, I know. It just and then he gets away. And And he
0: runs away, and nobody the cops don't chase him. Nobody tries it. Like this happens almost every episode. Someone gets away and no one puts up any effort to catch them it's uh it, this is another one of their like special tropes of <laughs> what, a, what a nice trope to have get them to a point where they're almost caught because you need some tension and then just kind of let him get away just yeah, let him get away
1: because we got 20 more minutes to fill we got
0: to fill a lot more time it goes back to dr blake she puts him back in the nightmare machine it's at this point though that she seems to be like, I guess this is where she's tweaking his memory. Again, maybe I'm, I'm thinking too much about the details. But the
1: connection they're making is that he's in therapy and she has told him that if he realizes his greatest fear, he'll be better. And so she supplants the thought that Baskin is this greatest fear. But what is the fear? that, that the trust issue that's that's because it doesn't quite I'm like, it just well, makes sense like
0: the idea of facing your greatest fear and that his father might be his greatest fear makes sense that's something you would have to confront and get, get over to like you know maybe uh, evolve as a person mm-hmm. in this she tweaks his nightmare now his father in the nightmare becomes Bascom which yeah. I was like okay I mean you know he's a father figure a father figure that makes sense but as soon as Jake comes out of him, he's like I understand now Bascom is my fear I have to kill him
1: yeah that's what I mean and so my, my point is did they sort of just poke him poke him hope he's gonna go crazy and do something or is it they knew what he was gonna do because that's a l- huge leap of
0: logic to make the The implication in it, this entire therapy is like we're gonna help you find your greatest fear so that you can kill it that's what I mean right it's it does like, feel that that was the plan all along and th- so they had to put Bascom in so he wouldn't go kill his father yeah right. I guess I don't know I'm gonna just mention this briefly. There's a this happens over a few scenes in the episode, but it's not worth going into separately. But like, there's a Danny Houston sequence. Houston. Oh yeah.
1: Doesn't it seem? And let me cut you off and excuse me. But Doesn't it seem like Danny and Houston are having an affair?
0: <laughs> like, Al, the scenes are very intimate. And I was like, are they having an affair? Well, Houston does show up at Danny's. I assume his dorm room at the school he's going to yeah. to ask him where her, his dad is, and he won't spill. He won't like rat his dad out. Did you notice though when she walks into his dorm room? He seems to be sitting at what kind of looks like a futuristic telescope. <laughs> I don't remember. And I'm just like, is he just looking into other people's windows in this yeah, room? Yeah, probably. Uh, Classic Danny, the little weaselly kid. pervert. But of course, Danny has a change of heart. And Houston shows up at the diner later because she got an anonymous tip to go to the diner. And this time it was Danny who gave them the anonymous tip. It's yeah. fucking insane the amount of anonymous tips. Anonymous. It's tips almost like every it. episode. About well, pretty much. At which point... Danny tells her all about the therapist and all this stuff. And Houston calls Nika and is like, look look into this therapist for me. See what's going on. Which was this great little sequence at the end of that thing where Nika calls her back and says, guess which popular criminal was her patient? To which Houston replies, don't tell me. And she just hangs up. <laughs> yeah, because it, wouldn't it be funny if she was like, no, it was Rossi. It was Rossi. Don't, don't well, get the other guy. I mean— it's like don't usually you're like don't tell me it's the guy we're looking for. You usually confirm the information. You don't yeah. just make the assumption. But yeah, she just hangs up the phone and doesn't ask any more questions. Uh, at, at this point, we kind of like race to the end of the episode. Houston goes and arrests Dr. Blake, and who, she really assaults her too. Huh? Yeah, she gets really in her face and like warns. And Dr. Blake warns that warns her that Jake's on his way to kill Bascom. We get a line of dialogue from Bascom saying, Winger's gone and arrested Lambert. I'm just like... I know. He's the big bad guy, and we're having him arrested off screen yeah. by another character. So the interesting part of the episode of catching
1: this guy is we never see any of it. So the, the bad guy who's doing this stuff... Yeah, don't worry. That's all off camera. We're, what we're more focused on is, uh, you know, Jake's not feeling too good. Well, that's what's interesting.
0: They didn't even know how to find him. So Winger obviously did way more work and tracked him down. I'm like, I'm just, I don't yeah. understand. It was so weird that that line well, is Well, I just- think we've said before, it, it, it'd be a better show if you're following Winger. Oh, 100%. Bascom, now knowing that Jake is coming to kill him, gives everyone the day off. Yeah. Cosmo.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and also, they're like, uh, Bascom, you should at least use a force field or something. And I was like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, when that when that assassin woman came, he just had force field set up. So why wouldn't he do that as a, as a safety measure against Jake? He's like, no, no. I
0: need him to, like, trust me or whatever. It's like... No, I know. He has not sort of all security systems. And I thought the same thing. I'm like, just keep your personal force field on. It worked well last time. Yeah, just in case. But this is also that when Jake shows up, that Bascom can explain what has happened to him, what Dr. Blake and Lambert had done, and then he begs Jake for forgiveness for not trusting him and tells him he trusts him like a son and he should have never done this. And yeah. then Jake's just like that's all it takes. Jake's like, okay, I guess I won't kill you now. We're yeah. We're we're good. We're
1: moments before he was just like a rabid murderer. Like he, it had to happen. Yeah. He, he drove all that way. He was still angry at the drive over. Was, and then he got there
0: and go, eh, forget it. He was irrationally angry, but all he wanted to hear was that he trusts him like a son and all yeah. was forgiven. Uh at which point we get to a quick scene where Bascom and Jake are walking into the freezer to watch Lambert be put away forever. Isn't it hilarious because he's just standing there naked? He is just standing there naked. <laughs> I love that Jake, on their way into the freezer room, is just like, I'll never do therapy again. <laughs> that like, that was stupid of me. I'm just like, that is not the lesson. Yeah, he, he, he took the right lesson from that. You need more therapy than ever now. Like, You should not be swearing off therapy at this exact yeah. moment my favorite my favorite thing is how it ends is this lambert character basically getting into the freezer threatening them both that he'll be back to get them but he won't because this show has no more episodes yeah that's it and, uh, I, and again i said
1: what a stinker to end on i think it's my least favorite episode all right let's well let's rate it
0: i give it a three and a half. half three and a half i'm giving it a six what you're insane. I uh I had a great time with. Did this you? Episode. I hated it. I, I had a fun time myself. Um. All right. <laughs> but did you like the episode? <laughs> yeah. I, I. don't know. I mean, it wasn't good by any means, but uh, it was. You, so more all the enjoyable. all the
1: terrible things that I hated that really a- angered me, you enjoyed them as as stylistic choices.
0: I, I enjoyed them at least as comic moments. Right. Uh. So that means the overall series rating and the end of the day for Tech War. Hmm is 4.96. That's, uh, that seems about right. Would you recommend this series to anyone now that we've gone all the way through it? What are your thoughts?
1: Um, I mean, I can discuss it with people, and sadly, everyone that has to work with me has had to hear me discuss this constantly, this show. But uh, no, I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, you know, the thing is, even as one of those sort of like guilty pleasures, like, it's so cheesy, it's good, or whatever, th- this show's not that. The show, more often than not, is boring and just kind of a placeholder It's, it's, it's very rarely entertaining sometimes, sometimes it's okay. And sometimes, but they don't sort of own their cheesiness. They don't sort of work within the restrictions and and barriers that they have to make the show. So you just end up with a kind of boring, pointless show. So no, I would not recommend it.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it either. Um, The pieces of enjoyment are so few and far between. It's not worth digging into really. Um, And
1: the things I enjoy are not what they intended, like just a funny bit of special effects or something. That's the only entertaining bits.
0: Well, I mean, if the whole show was a bunch of bad choices, I would recommend it. Like I would say, it was pretty funny to watch. Um, but there's so few and far between. Right. Like there's so you go so long with just nothing for to find a spaghetti face moment. Like it's so hard. So that's it. We spent hours and hours watching Tech War. And it's and it's all over now. So what are we going to do next, Jordan? I think we're going to do a palate cleanser next and mm. we're going to watch a TV movie, right?
1: We're going to watch uh, The Quester Tapes.
0: Yes, yes. The Quester Tapes will be the uh, TV movie we watch. It'll just be a, kind of a one-off episode since it's just a TV movie. Mm-hmm. And we'll come back after that. I think we're going to get into a TV series, I believe, from the 70s.
1: Beyond Westworld?
0: Beyond Westworld. I think it's actually 1980, but we'll, oh. we'll, we could talk about that when we get to it in a couple of weeks' time. It sounds, it sounds good to me. Uh, thanks for listening to our whole series on Tech War.
1: I th- I was sure you were going to say horrible series of Tech War. <laughs> which uh, both accurate
0: both you listened to all of it and it was horrible if you want to talk to us anymore about Jack War or about anything else really you can uh, get us at gmail at continuumdrag at gmail.com on instagram and twitter at continuumdrag as well and I think that wraps it up for our first sort of round of uh, the show
1: yeah thank goodness let's on to quester tapes
0: could, couldn't be any worse Yeah, it could, couldn't be any worse no fantastic well I'll see you next week Jordan alright talk to you later Continuum Drag is recorded at Astro Lab Studios in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rickseidler. Produced by Jordan Delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Adam Wheatner, Jeff Handling, Emily Carter, and Dwayne Wright.